Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, March 20th, 2023. I'm Mike Cacciopoli. All right, here we are. Beginning of a new week. Beginning of a new week. And uh, what's happening? Anything happen over the weekend? You know, it's funny. My show ended. Saturday morning, basically, Eastern time, right? Saturday morning about, what, well, one o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. And like an hour later, <laughs> an hour after my show ends, Trump announces he's going to be uh, indicted on Tuesday. So tomorrow or later today, depending on where you are right now. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Um, Karthik, relax, 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 relax. It's the beginning of the first show of the week of five shows. I know I see you there. I'll let you in in a second. Let me do my monologue. I know I know many people on call and don't do actual shows. They do like free for alls. But I come from a talk radio background. I like to do a regular show, you know, where you like do like a 10 minute monologue. It's not to do a 40 minute monologue. But since you're there, my monologue will be shorter today. But I do want to talk about I am too good. I am way too good, Cars. Like I'm like Donald Trump. I'm just I'm just too good. I'm too good. I'm too good. That's why they want to arrest me. So here's the thing. So uh, from all the experts that I've heard, this is going to happen. It may not happen later today, tomorrow, Tuesday, as Trump says, but it's going to happen either later this week or very soon. Um, and it's going to be the indictment. Everyone was like January 6th. Is it January 6th? No, it's not January 6th. Uh, it has to do with a payment he made before he was president to Stormy Daniels, the hooker, the hooker. Uh, was she a hooker? Does she twirl on poles? What does she do? Porn, porn. That's what she does. She does porn and um, made a payment because she she claimed he did something to her or who knows what it was, a sexual advance she didn't like. And he had to give her money to shut her up. Because he didn't want to, you know, the rich people often have to do this, by the way. And Trump's lawyer made it very clear. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Karthik, porn star. <laughs> uh, so she does twirl on the pole. Come on. Um, but it uh, made it very clear that a lot of wealthy people, since neither none of us are wealthy, I'm guessing the only person that's wealthy is the guy that owns Call-In, David Sachs. He's the only one that's wealthy on this whole network. Uh, Door has a little bit of money. Yeah, Door's got a little bit of money. Door's got a little bit of money. Uh, but, you know, but really, the only one that's really wealthy is David Sachs. But what this happens to wealthy people all the time, that someone knows they're wealthy, knows they don't want to deal with lawsuits and shit. So they'll just accuse them of things that often are not true. Sometimes they are, but often they're not because they know someone like Donald Trump. Give me one hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to drag you through the mud and I'm going to give you I'll give you one hundred thousand. Shut up. That's it. They just do it. It's not illegal. There's nothing illegal about it. But Alvin Bragg in New York, and we'll talk about Mr. Bragg in a second, um, wants to make this into – actually, this went through like Merrick Garland. It went through the federal – did that do with a, a campaign finance? Have to do with a, a, you know some kind of campaign contribution? Was there some campaign finance law broken? And they said there wasn't. Also, there's something about the statute of limitations where this like ran out I think two years ago. So – the, everyone I've heard so far, except for, the, of course, the Donald Trump hating Trump derangement syndrome, uh, psychopathy people on CNN, MSNBC, everyone I've heard is a law expert. Good ones like Jonathan Turley 
have said this is very, 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 very thin law here. It's it's almost it's almost a joke that the Manhattan DA would bring Trump up on these charges when Merrick Garland, and it's a much more of a federal issue. If it was a campaign finance thing, running for president of the United, he wasn't running for for governor of New York State. He was running for president of the United States. It was a federal finance campaign issue. Decided there was no issue there. Why would the DA of Manhattan bring him up on a on a state charge when this had nothing to do with the state? Well, Alvin Bragg is trying to twist and turn and make it a state campaign finance issue when it probably isn't even a finance when it probably isn't even a campaign finance issue to begin with, and and the and the statute of limitations has run out. But he's trying to get around that, and he's trying to make a misdemeanor a felony and all this garbage because Alvin Bragg is a loser. And Alvin Bragg knows that the lib- even liberals hate him because he allows criminals to kill people in New York and get off scot-free. He knows that. And he's been called a loser. He's been called even, – even the left wants to get rid of him. They wish they had the recall in New York, though we have it here in California. They said they would obviously recall him, that he lied when he ran as this tough-on-crime DA. So he's down in the dumps. Alvin Bragg is down in the dumps, and he's trying to lift himself up. Through Trump derangement syndrome, this is what Democrats, this is what the wacky left has done over the last six years. They use Trump derangement syndrome to to score brownie points with people with Trump derangement syndrome. Alan, Alvin Bragg doesn't have Trump derangement syndrome, but he's using it in order to get back on the good side of the people with Trump derangement syndrome who hate him because they can't walk down the street. Forget about it at night. In places like New York and San Francisco, you can't walk down the street in the middle of the day. I was attacked in the middle of the fucking day because these people are schizophrenics. They're fucking fucked in the head. They don't give a shit what time of day it is. So the people in New York are so tired of Alvin Bragg being soft on crime and allowing people to get pushed onto the tracks and the people who push him on the back the next day to push someone else onto the tracks. He's going after Donald Trump. So he's tapping in to that Trump derangement syndrome that so many on the left tap into in order to score cheap, sleazy, greasy brownie points. Now, look, this is a very complex thing. Can There's so many questions here. Maybe some of you have the answers. I can't have the answers all the time. Karthik may think I have answers all the time, but I don't. I don't have all the answers. If he's – okay, he's indicted. Fine. He can run for president. If a New York jury, because they all have Trump derangement syndrome, convict him of a felony before the election, can he still run for president? There are so many crazy questions here because this kind of thing has never happened before because there's never been anything like Trump derangement syndrome before. There's never been anything like TDS in our lifetime. So there's so many questions to be asked. Okay, does this help him? Remember, I'm a DeSantis guy. So once again, I think this is totally bogus, totally wrong. But does this help Donald Trump because it gins up his base or does it help Ron DeSantis? After I talk to Carl, I think maybe a few others, I will read Rich Lowry's article from yesterday in the in the uh, from today, Monday in the New York Post about Alvin Bragg crossing the Rubicon and dividing the nation. And he talks a little bit more about this. But the fact of the matter is. Lowry seems to think that at least initially it's going to help Trump. It's it, it's going to help him. Um, whether that lasts, see, my whole thing, one of my issues with taking DeSantis over Trump is the idea of winning in the general election. The primary is Who cares? You got to win the general. 
And I've always thought that DeSantis doesn't have any of the baggage that Trump has before this. So now add this baggage, right or not, whether you agree with this or not, and I don't agree with it. This is more baggage on Trump. Can he win a general election with all this baggage? And why take a chance when you have someone like DeSantis? If you didn't have any, if you only had Nikki Haley, who's about as weak as a candidate can be, if you only had Mike Pence, who's about as weak as a candidate can be, then you go, all right, well, what else are we going to do? At least the guy was president. He's got some cachet. But when you have a Ron DeSantis, and you will have a Ron DeSantis, why take a chance with someone with so much baggage? And there are many, many good articles. I'll read some of them during the week about how Trump, even before this, but especially with this and with may, what may come after this, really doesn't have a path to victory in a general election against a Democrat, even against Joe Biden. So I, I think this is something that DeSantis needs to use against Trump, not this one particular thing. And DeSantis can say exactly what I'm saying, that it's a witch hunt. However, why take a chance on something so big as the 2024 election and electing Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or a combo again for four more years with someone with so much baggage as Donald Trump, who's a lame duck as soon as he takes over, if he wins, because he can't run again. Why? For some weird, sick revenge thing? You have a great candidate in Ron DeSantis. You don't need this guy. You just don't need him, even before this. I mean, that's just all I can say. I mean, it's, it's um, like I said, it's very complex because this is more baggage aired onto Trump, which I think helps DeSantis as far as any campaign against him and in debates and in running ads or whatever it may be. And just to the idea of who's a better general election candidate. But then again, I don't agree with this. It's obvious political witch hunt is very dangerous because think about this, folks. If this can happen to the former president of the United States, a very wealthy man, it can happen to you. It can happen to me. It can happen to any of us who disagree with the narrative of the left. And, and we're right away, we're domestic terrorists. Right away, we're, we're criminals. Right away, they're going to dig something up. And remember, everyone's got something. And the more money you have, the longer you've been around, the more you're going to have in the closet they can find. Do we want to be targets of our, do you want to be political enemies simply because we disagree or we come from the anti-establishment like Trump? He challenges the establishment. Is that what we want? Is that the kind of country we want? Look, you've heard many people on the right talk about this better than I can. This whole idea of this, um, this, this, the idea of the end of freedom, the end of democracy in this country. The idea of using your opponent, using your political will and power to take down your opponents is a, is a banana republic thing. It's a third world country thing. It's a dictatorial thing. And we've seen the Democrats be more authoritarian and dictatorial than many of the worst dictators in our, in our, in our, in our lifetimes and before our lifetimes over the last three years. And this is continuing now. And what's very scary, and I'll go to Karthik right after this, stay right there. But this thought here, what's very scary incredibly scary is that this is becoming the normal for them. This is their new normal now. Like this is okay. It gets cheered on by people on their side simply because they don't like the person who's being targeted. Forget about right or wrong. They simply don't like the person. Be if this was happening to Biden, they'd be going insane. The left, right? Saying it's a political witch. If the right were doing this against, against a Biden, 
they would say it's a political witch hunt. They don't even like real things, right? They even try to discredit real things like Hunter Biden's Michigas and his money from China and his and his laptop and a guy with no skills who's a drug addict, lowlife, getting millions of dollars from China for what? They don't even want to talk about real things. But they latch on to this simply because they don't like Trump's personality. And that's what it comes down to. His personality rubs them the wrong way. To them, he I, believe me, I know, because I have friends on the left who have Trump derangement syndrome, and I can't talk to them about this. But they think he's belligerent. They think, they think he's be, a belligerent animal. And they want to lock up the belligerent animal. That's it. They want to lock up the belligerent animal, someone who's a belligerent animal in their minds, no matter what the deal is, right or wrong, they want him out, locked up. It's a, it's a very dangerous thing. Hey, Karthik, what's going on tonight? Karthik, you there? Hello, Karthik. Oh, hey. There you go. I don't know. For a second, I couldn't uh, unmute, but it's all good now. Okay. Uh, so uh, first, uh, how you doing, man? Uh, good uh, Monday night to you. Good. I'm doing good. How are you? Okay. Well, I'm sure we have some disagreements. I think in some ways it's worse, I guess, because you're talking about um, the, the reasons why, you know, uh, the establishment might want Trump in jail. And I think it's um, because the, and so, and like I'd say, I'm sure we have disagreements on Trump. But I'd, I'd say for the most part, Trump is just an, another crony and another politician, you know, mm-hmm. but every once in a while, he does accidentally say the truth about how he said that we're in the wars in Syria and whatever, Iraq for the oil. Mm-hmm. So they definitely can't, you know, because 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 the establishment's whole ploy on these wars is that, you know, we're all going in there for humanitarian reasons, you know, or whatever. Um, that, that's the reason for every war. And Trump obviously just admitted that we're not going in there because we're good people. It's because of the oil. Right. And also, uh, may, may, maybe I disagree with you on this, but I, I don't think there's a single chance that he's actually going to jail. Like, like, sure. I don't know. Who knows? Like he might no, be indicted. Like he's, he's not going, first of all, it's all political. Remember, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not going to jail or prison no, no, at all. This, it's, this is all done because the Democrats don't want him to be able to run again because they know he has a good chance of winning. Yeah. Guaranteed. If he, if he ended his campaign, which he won't, if he ended his campaign, they'll drop the charges and that'll prove to you it was all political. Yeah, who knows? Like, there might be like a one percent. They want him out of the way. They want him out of the way. Yeah, there might be like a one percent of a one percent chance that he gets indicted or whatever. But even if he does get indicted, uh, he ain't having no perp walk. You know, like there ain't no handcuffs or whatever. Like, it's it's not going to be uh, uh, any of the uh, Hollywood glamour that some people might want. No, they already said they already announced today there'll be no perp walk. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, the, the charges that they're doing are such bullshit because, because the charges aren't for any like important really. It's for the Stormy Daniels hush money payment because because his lawyer Michael Cohen paid her off, and it was about the 2016 election, you know, so so that she wouldn't talk, yeah, or whatever about right. stuff. So it's like the dumbest. And the thing is, and on our maybe you will agree, will disagree on this, but Trump actually has committed real crimes. Like he's he's committed uh, war crimes. You know, obviously, he didn't pay his taxes for a long time. Mm-hmm. And also, he violated the emoluments uh, uh, clause because because he was setting up businesses through his political capital and uh, while he was president, which is uh, illegal. Um, but the thing is, but the reason why the establishment, you know, the courts or ever uh, the state of New York are, are, are aren't like filing like any real charges on like actual crimes. Is 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 because I, is because all the politicians like do heinous crimes, whether it's whether it's war crimes or like shitty financial crimes. 
So that's why it took them this long to like file charges on something that the other that the duopoly isn't also guilty of. But but Karthik, there's uh, there's another point to this, which is that where's the where's the indictment or is the investigation of Joe Biden and the Democrats and the and the and the the Biden administration? All the stuff we're seeing on Twitter about the squashing of the Hunter Biden laptop stuff. Because yeah, they, it's it's a sham investigation. It's a yeah, sham indictment. Win a twenty the twenty twenty election. So yeah, that, it's all about the election. Yeah, that but that's true. Election interference, using your power to squash a story because you don't want it to hurt you. You don't want to hurt Joe Biden in the twenty twenty election. So they're saying the same thing about Trump in twenty sixteen that he paid off this money to Stormy Daniels, so it wouldn't hurt his chances of winning. In the 2016 election, oh, God forbid, what a criminal, lock him up. But everything with the Hunter Biden laptop in China, which is so much more important than a payment to a porn star, is is, is a non-starter, according to the Democrats and according to the left-wing media. That's the hypocrisy, Karthik. That's the hypocrisy. Yeah, it's 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 what the duopoly wants. And I, and I, I think more importantly, I, I think the main reason why Trump has no chance of going to jail is because the establishment, they're very class oil. You know, they look out for them the most first. So, and, and that sets a horrible precedent that if Trump can go to jail, then all the other politicians could go to jail, you know, because, because, because they're, because they're all like, you know, uh, they're, they're all criminals. All of them. Like, like if, if they're in Congress, they're probably a criminal at, at uh, one point. You think every, you think every politician is a criminal? Okay, I, I I don't know about every, but but the politicians with the most power, like like Mitch McConnell, Trump, uh, Obama, Bush, uh, Pelosi, uh, Steny Hoyer, you know Chuck Schumer. Yeah, I think the the, the top top politicians, they're all criminals for sure. And well, it's honestly like mainly like like mainly like uh, financial crimes, you know, like stuff like insider trading, which yeah, Pelosi yeah. is known for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. You mean getting getting wealthy in office? Yeah, because yeah. think about it, Nancy Pelosi. Is worth it's not it's, it's actually misreported. People say hundred million. That's not true. She's worth two hundred million, but her salary has been two hundred thousand or less yes. for about thirty year or thirty five years now. She's been in Congress for thirty, almost forty. Let's say let's let's just round it up to forty. Mm-hmm. Um, so somehow even so, she's supposed to make two hundred million, um, even though uh, you know her salary is less than two hundred thousand. That makes no sense. On average, it's been less than. Two hundred thousand for her thirty-five years in office. Right, right. You don't think that there's anything suspicious about that? Of course that? there is. But where, where's the investigation over that? There's no investigation. Yeah, there. Well, honestly, no. like, I, I would imagine that the reason why there's no investigation about that is because, like I said, they're class oil, and most of the politicians in Congress do insider trading. It, it, it doesn't matter. What <laughs> yeah, party well, because they they don't want to investigate them. They don't want to investigate her because they do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, okay. <laughs> Have you heard of the Stock Act that was passed? Yes, you, you, yeah, yeah. you'll like this. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, what was ridiculous was it was repealed like six months before the 2012 election, you know, because because right. the politicians wanted to seem like they're actually doing something good for once. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, so it was passed six months before the 2012 election, but then it was repealed six months after the election. Right. So it's such a sham. Right. Yeah, of course it's a sham. Yeah. Look, the fact of the matter is they're not going to investigate things they know they're doing themselves. Yeah. Right? They want they want to pretend it doesn't happen. They want to pretend Yeah, that's it why happen. it's such a bullshit yeah. charge. I mean, there remember if you the few the few in Congress who talk about it are probably not doing it. Or not yet. You know. Yeah. So, um yeah. or or they're like rich already so they don't need to. But yeah, uh 
I think the only I don't know. I know Kristen Cinema or not? No, sorry, not not Cinema. Uh, Gillibrand mm-hmm. doesn't trade stocks, so, so maybe she's one of the few people that's not a. But it's possible. Trader, it's possible. But, but yeah, look, but I would imagine most of the like the top politicians, you know, the ones in uh, uh, lead, leadership roles, are huge criminals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but as far as Trump's concerned, the fact of the matter is they go after him like they've never gone after anybody before, right? And it's and it's one thing after another that never pans out. And after it doesn't look, the Russia, Russia, Russia thing was in the news for like four fucking years, man. Did they uh, ever did they yeah, ever apologize for that? Did they ever apologize? Of course not. No. No, they don't apologize for any of their lies. Like, like all the wars are based on lies, but there's no apologies for that. Well, and now we're seeing even more. You want to talk about Ukraine? We're seeing now that the United States is pretty much admitting it's their war and they don't want it to end. They don't want it to end. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. A lot of people are going to die before this war ends, and that's just that's atrocious, you know. Yeah, every time there's a possible peace agreement, they they go, no, there's a, there was some bullshit excuse. Well, no, uh, you know, Putin took ten percent of the land. We want him. It's always some bullshit excuse when everyone knows that in every peace agreement. Each side gets something and each side doesn't get something. That's the way yeah. these agreements work. This isn't about just Putin pulling out and Ukraine obta- uh, cont- uh, remaining to have 100% of the land. That's not the way it works. This is a war. Putin came yeah. in and took land. So if you're going to have a peace agreement, Putin's going to keep some of the land he took, give back some other parts. That's the way a peace agreement works. It's so it, ridiculous yeah. that they're yeah, saying, the, oh, the no, no, wars... unless Putin totally pulls out. And 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 uh, sure. Ukraine, you can't, you know, they they keep a hundred percent of their land. We're not going to go for it. That's a bullshit reason not to have peace. They don't want peace because, as we know, Karthik, they want war. As, they want war because war is money and power. That's what it is. Yeah, I know that the establishment acts like they care about Ukraine, which is bullshit. Like they don't care about Ukraine. They're they're just using the people of Ukraine as cannon fodder to die, uh, for 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 their money. Because mm-hmm. war is a racket. Like, if they actually cared about the people of Ukraine, that would be one thing. But right now, BlackRock and Vanguard, like, they're all buying like, the, like all the assets of Ukraine and buying like a bunch of the, all the land and property in Ukraine. And it's mm-hmm. just going to make whenever the war ends, it's going to make everything worse for the people of Ukraine. So it's going to be end. horrible no matter if if the war goes for ten, twenty years, or two years. All right. Yeah. It, it's um, it's a situation that we know, and then you have people. These, these these neocons saying things like, well, America, they actually I've actually seen a few of them say, well, America's not for war. I'm not, oh, who believes America's for war? How could you say that with a straight face? How could you say that? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and what about all this Iraq war uh, 20 year anniversary thing? And they're they're talking as though the Iraq war wasn't one of the worst decisions ever made by any president in the history of our country we, we, is this is this history revisionism now well mike uh, the, the reason why they're acting like it wasn't a big deal is because to them it wasn't like pretty, like pretty much like all the people on tv that you see that are you know talking let's say fondly about the iraq war to be polite they yeah. probably made uh millions off it of course, but, but most I mean, of the people on TV are like super pro-war hawks. Like they're 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 all like neocons and like the like the biggest psychopaths you've ever seen. Well, the, here's an interesting thing that the right 
is going through, the Republicans are going through. There are many Republicans who did not agree with the Iraq war, especially now. And they don't like George W. Bush and they didn't like going in there and they don't well, believe in yeah, that. Mike, but in terms of the right. war, they're almost like uh, pretty much like, like pretty much pretty much every Republican supporter of the Iraq war. So it remember, man, you gotta remember it, it depends on the actions. No, not at the, the talk, time. Okay? At the time. And People so can Democrats. talk nice. Yeah, so did many Democrats at the time. But now they're in a weird situation that more Democrats than Republicans are on board with the Ukraine war. There yeah, are so many still, Republicans uh, who were against it and want us out, including Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, the two top frontrunners. OK, so. Yeah, but Mike, but in terms of the, of the vote totals, even the, the majority of the Republican Party voted for it, sadly. But, yeah, it is true that there were more Republicans against it than Democrats. No, but what I'm that saying part is the Republican true. Party is in, in a weird space now because there are many people within the Republican Party, especially the Trump and the DeSantis factions that do not want us to cont- continue to feed this war. And yeah, yet- but even Trump is very pro-war. Like, like when he was uh, in office, Trump uh, had a lot more drone bombs than Obama did. People don't really know that. Well, the drone so it's, it's mainly the drone, language. Yeah, the, we, but there were no new wars. I mean, Obama started like seven wars, you know. Uh, he started than, five, but yeah, more so there than were Bush, no new wars, Bush, but we were very and, close, you know, because yeah. he bombed, we, he attacked. No, but there were, there were no new general. wars started under Donald Trump. We, we, we were very fact. close to having a war in uh, Venezuela, yeah. actually. I mean, that's yeah. a fact that Democrats and Republicans have admitted. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I, yeah. I'm talking about what happened when Trump was in office. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I I believe that if Trump does become president again, I I just think he'll be upon uh like last time because last time he did almost everything mm-hmm. that the uh, military industrial complex wanted, you know. But I'm sure we disagree on that. I don't I don't know I don't agree. I mean, they, usually they want war. <laughs> they yeah, want and, and Trump uh, continued all their wars. That's why I'm saying he's upon. Well, we, keeping something going. Remember, he tried. Do you remember he made that video? where he was talking about pulling out of Afghanistan. And he in that that was like a five minute video. And he's like, okay, it's all over. It's over. Time to go. Yeah, well, and they attacked well him. I'll say he, both he, sides he, he, he did reduce him. troops, but he kept the war going. I'll say but that. But I'm saying both sides viciously. The military industrial complex was ready to go. All the generals came out and said, oh, how irresponsible to make a video like that. We can't pull out of Afghanistan. We can't do this. And he had to backtrack. I mean, it was it was yeah. a full the, court press for against sure. Him, against the uh, uh, Pentagon is more pro-war than Trump. We agree on that. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Mike, you said something earlier about like what would happen to the election if he were to go to jail. You know, which he's not going to jail for sure, prison, whatever you want to say. Well, I know a hundred years ago, almost like uh, this guy, uh, uh, Eugene. Uh, uh debs have you heard of him yes okay yes yeah. so so he ran for uh, president because it was he also went to prison for a horrible reason because so 100 years ago during the world war one it was actually illegal to like criticize the war or whatever you were considered um you know a traitor or whatever or you right. were committing se- sedition mm-hmm. so he went to prison for committing sedition because he was against the world war one and he ran for president from prison and he got like a million votes which back then is even more than it's considered now right but i think i don't know I, i'm not sure if the laws have changed since then I, I have no idea if you can run for prison now but but trump's not going to prison anyway so who cares it doesn't matter no trump's not going to, of course not but he but 
on these charges, he shouldn't. These are all these are trumped up, if you will. Ugh, God, no puns, man. I hate puns. Well, no, they're trumped up. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. That's a real word, man. It was around long before yes, Trump. Yes, I was. know it's a real word. <laughs> I just hate it, like hearing it back to back. That's all. Okay, it's a bullshit charge. How yeah, about that? They're bullshit. Yeah, they're bullshit charges. So the fact of the matter is, this is all anyone with a brain. You don't have to like Trump, and I don't. This is all politically motivated. It's all politics, 100% politics. And if you can't admit that, then there's something wrong with you. Really? Well, you have Trump derangement syndrome. That's what, of course, you know, but it's obvious. They're obviously bullshit charges. It's all because they're afraid this guy can win again next year because their candidate is so old, so feeble, so weak. They know that. So. Yeah, hey, uh, I'm gonna let uh, w- yeah, go ahead. W- w- William talk. Okay, did I, did I let you? Did I let you talk enough? Are you happy with me? Is it okay? All right. No, no, all right? no. I, I'm just happy we were able to, you know, discuss this. Uh, yeah, we had some agreements, we had some disagreements, yeah. but it's all good. Okay, Karthik, have see a good you later. One. Okay, this is Bill. Of there are two Bills. Let's see. Bill, is is this the Bill I know and love, or? This is the bill you know. I gotta keep it low. Okay. Don't wake my other guy in the other room. Um, you know, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought the issue that Teacher James was bringing on Trump was that he undervalued his assets when he was seeking, uh, 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 to pay taxes and overvalued them when he was, uh, seeking loans um so there was a uh, an issue of valuation and uh, inconsistency so is that not the core issue regarding the attorney general of new york against him or or is there something else now this is a different one this this is is a different one yeah so this is a whole this is the payment to stormy daniels yeah, which was campaign money, which is why it's an issue. If it was his private money, it was allegedly it was private. It was his private money. It wasn't campaign money. They're trying to they're trying to make it look like it was campaign money, but it wasn't campaign money. And also, if it was campaign money, it's a federal yeah. issue, and the feds, Merrick Garland, Biden's uh, uh, guy, looked looked at it and decided there were no there was no there there. So what does what does Alvin Bragg have to do with a federal election? Nothing. Nothing. If it was a state election, if he ran for governor, yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, what what Alvin Bragg is doing is trying to be the the uh, the black knight for the progressives to the left who want to get Trump on something and have soured on Alvin Bragg because it's not safe for them to walk in the streets of New York with him as DA. So he's trying to score some cheap, sleazy brownie points. That's what he's doing. All right. Well, you know, if uh, I believe that uh, most politicians, if they were dug into, would find some serious crimes. Of course. You know, but because as we both know, they'd be like, it'd be like a a circular firing squad. You know, they'd all be (laughs) on something to be shot at. And the sad thing is that Alvin Bragg with Donald Trump is looking to upgrade charges from misdemeanor to felony while Alvin Bragg, when it comes to your 
you know, the criminals, the violent criminals on the streets of New York who are robbing and looting and raping. He downgrades those from felonies right. to misdemeanors. You see, this guy is a total fraud, man, a total fraud. When I'm walking down the street, I worry about I don't worry about Donald Trump banging me on the back of the head and killing me or shooting me. I care about the street criminals who Alvin Bragg is constantly letting go. So this is not his job. There might be some people in New York with TDS who like this, but this is not why Alvin Bragg was elected. He was elected to, to lower crime in New York and the opposites happened and his ratings are low and he knows his ratings will go up because of this. Trump is an easy target, easy target to score brownie points with the left. So, well, I think the main thing is if we want to reduce crime in the streets, we have to number one uh, bring jobs uh, that are bringing a living wage back to people and uh, um, build this uh, country's. Uh, manufacturing base back up again and farming base. It's the only thing that's going to give uh, uh, viable uh, income for people to where they can. I mean, like my dad, he had a salesman's job as a pharmaceutical company and was able to have a wife, four children, and buy a house in Trumbull. <laughs> you know what I mean? My yeah. grandpa came over. Worked for Singer his whole life, raised three kids. The kids stayed home. Mom stayed home until she was, the kids were grown up. She worked for the phone company, bought a house in Bridgeport on an income. You could have a single job back then, yeah. you know, manufacturing job, and you can have the American dream. It is so far afield now. I know. Um, that, uh, it's, this is where we have, um, kids, uh, what, what options have Walmart? Walmart, where they can't get a full-time job, and the, then they'll show them how to get EBT uh, food stamps. Do you follow me? And along with their part-time hours, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. We're literally subsidizing mm -hmm. the workers at Walmart with mm -hmm. the EBT program. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's outrageous. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, we got some very systemic problems, and uh, um. You know, uh, it creates a, 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 a sacrifice zone in, in areas that were once uh, manufacturing zones. You know, uh, it's, it's systemic. And then, of course, you see the people on the streets. We have people um, again and again. Oh, there's just Mike. There was just an article in the paper today. Uh, there's going to be a tsunami of evictions out of Bridgeport low-income housing. Yeah. They anticipate coming up. Right. I mean, where are these people supposed to go? You know, the, why, why isn't there, well, what's broken in the system that this is happening, not just in Bridgeport, but mm -hmm. systemic, you know, yeah. that we, you know, if, if we got to figure out what's going wrong, because we can't just say, oh, in other words, to fix it, uh, isn't just about building more prisons and saying, okay, well, okay, uh, uh, this person eventually wasn't able to pay the rent. Uh, they're on Section 8. Uh, uh, they're getting the vouchers. 
um, or there are SSDIs, so the money is taken out already. So the rent, how was the rent not paid? Do you follow me? I that's, do. That's, yeah. So, so how could they be evicted? I don't understand it. The money's already been captured by the government before they spend it. You know, so I don't understand the system. I, I'm, I'm not a position. I'm on a waiting list. I know that. Yeah. I'm, and I, the, I, I know the, a guy, um, a young guy, he's in his 20s and lives yeah. in Seattle. And he went on, it wasn't even a list. He got a, uh, you know, a low income because he makes like under whatever it may be, 30000 a year, 35000 a year. And uh-huh. he got it on a, uh, into a low income bu- building, a new mm-hmm. building, a brand new building in North Seattle. Yeah. Some low income units, you know, it's got to be like twenty percent. All new buildings have to be like twenty yeah. percent, and it's beautiful. He showed me a video of the inside of the apartment. Yeah. He said people in that building are paying like fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. He got it for eight hundred, but he got it yeah. like right away. Uh, he took him a couple of months. That's it. He he actually called the building. He knew about new buildings being built. He called the building, and they said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're about to open up. Come on in." And they gave him the apartment. You know, so it was just maybe that's luck. I don't know. Because usually I've heard of these things taking years, right? Yeah, well, maybe I need to move <laughs> because in the here in Connecticut, I'm on a waiting list. Uh, I'm on SSDI. You know, I need my, my hips done. I need surgeries. And so I qualify. Um, and I'll be, I've been notified that I, you know, I got my application in my pre application. They've received it and they'll let me know yearly when I get near the top of the list if they'll need current financials at that time. Yeah. Not that it matters what my financials are because I'm on my SSDI and they're going to get the money from SSDI again. We'll go right back to what, right. what's the, uh, what's, Where's the goalpost? What do we, you know, well, what, what are they going to use to, um, sift out, uh, possibilities because they don't have the units, Mike. So that yeah. there's this long-term drawn out several year process where you're on a waiting list and, and because they don't have sufficient units, they didn't build up the infrastructure. And then it's like, well, what are they using to determine the metrics, I, they don't tell you because there's, you know, like I said, if you're on SSDI, they're going to get the money. Yeah, of course. So then, then is, what is it? Is it, you, you, if you have any federal, any families pending, you're not eligible. I have none of those. Right. 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 So what is it? My social credit score? <laughs> Do I get along with my neighbors? Is oh, it a reference okay. letter? I mean, you know, come on. No, it comes down to who you know, Mike, because there's so few units available. What That's I've been hearing, I don't know if this is true, uh, I've been hearing that la- a landlord starting to use your credit score to make decisions as to whether uh, you're going to get an apartment. Well, they can, right? They can use your credit score, right, as a, as a uh, guide to whether they can get right. an apartment or not with you. But now, of course, I think that's total bullshit because if someone has bad credit, it doesn't mean they don't pay their rent. I can see right. if someone has evictions on their record. Yeah. But if someone has a, a low credit rating, what, does, what should that have to do with, with being able to get an apartment? You know, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't know how the two correlate. The same thing is, what does someone's credit score have to do with them getting a job? <laughs> you know, there, there's some employers who are starting to look up credit ratings. Yeah. I think all of this stuff, if it, if it isn't already, which I'm sure it's not in most places, should be illegal. It should be illegal to use someone's credit score 
in order to give them an apartment, let them have an apartment or a job. Once again, if someone's got 20 evictions and there are problems with paying rent and they're in arrears all the time, yeah, that directly correlates. But if you have a high American Express card, Bill, <laughs> that shouldn't prevent you from being able to get an apartment or a job. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, if especially if you're on Section 8 or SSDI, then the money's come from the government anyway. Your your personal credit scores are completely right, irrelevant. But that is not, right. not totally meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. I'm paying it. Yeah. But, but I do know of people who have said that they have been, you know, denied an apartment or even a job because of a credit rating. Oh, I believe I, it. I, I can't say that would be even legal or should be even legal. In fact, I'm, I'm a pretty... I'm pretty radical when it comes to credit scores. I think credit scores should be illegal. I don't. I don't believe in credit ratings. I think it's right. all all bullshit. Um, and I think it, you know, if you've got connections and you're wealthy, you can get that stuff taken off, and your credit score goes up. It's. Yep. I think it's all bullshit. I think it's all yeah. bullshit. And look, look, these these credit card companies make out like bandits. They're not losing any fucking money. They wouldn't exist if they were losing money. They make billions and billions of dollars. So it, it's it's very tough. It's very tough because the whole credit rating system also is screwed up. It really oh, is. Yeah. What, what, what lowers it, what raises it, you know, not having credit at all means you can't get credit. And if, if you want to get good yeah. credit, you have to have a couple of cards, but only use them, you know. It's, it's over, the whole system is, is bullshit. It's bullshit. Well, what else is interesting is that, you know, during the CARES Act, the credit card companies got bailed out. Of exactly. Course. Yes. But, then they came, then if you were behind more than two years on your credit, they came after you. So they could double dip. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and if you're behind more than two years on your credit, they could take your CARES Act money. So like, in other words, say you got, what did, what did we get? Three, four checks. I don't remember. But if so, yeah, they could actually come after that little pittance. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. If you were behind. They, and I had a company try and do it, B of A, on fraudulent charges that eventually got discharged. I worked with uh, Kimberly Peterson with Ruben and Rothman. I said, Kimberly, this is kind of funny. I said, because for years I haven't tried to come after this debt because it's fraudulent. Now I've got a little CARES Act money, and they're going to some idiot in the office decides they want to come after this and make my day. He goes, yeah. what do you mean? I said, I was getting brain MRIs at Sloan Kettering and Yale while they had a cancer program at Extended Stay where my room should have been free and they had already paid over $30,000 before I learned about it and they lied to me. They owe me tens of thousands of dollars. Yet, so the idea that I owe them another when I finally stopped paying them, well, I said, but, screw. You know? What's also ridiculous is a country like ours could be trillions and trillions of dollars in debt and still have a, a credit rating. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, yeah. And if, if, if a person is ten thousand dollars in debt, they can't get credit. It's so stu it's so ridiculous. Well, it's, it's totally ridiculous. But what happened know. was they, so, they, of they, course, they, very extremely unfair. Extremely right, unfair. Right. Well, Ruben Rothman was great. Kimberly was great. She's like, I'm really sorry, Mister Bonzada. I sent her the results of the brain MRIs. I mean, Kimberly killed my uncle. We didn't know it was going, and I was I should have been in the program, but they right. about it, and so and so. They discharged the debt, which was charged fraudulently. They finally discharged it, yet they didn't credit me what I paid already. Right, right, they, right. Like, you know, I mean, it's, so, you know, you shake your head up in the air and you go, 
I tried, I tried, I, I've been with them since the year 2000. They're just completely fraudulent. Don't forget, B of A, Goldman Sachs, pick one of them. They get fined, Mike. Goldman Sachs got fined two point, what was it, $2.6 billion for their fraudulent activity in, in the last year and, 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 and overseas. Wait a minute. Take someone like Donald Trump, since we're talking about Trump. How many yeah. times did Trump go bankrupt? Like seven, eight six. Times? six, six times. Six, right? Before yeah. he was president, six times, right? Yeah. Yet he was still able to get credit and build things, right? Go figure. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, not so bad. Who bailed them out? Deutsche Bank bailed them out a couple of times, right? And then there was uh, the Rothschild Bank bailed them yeah, out, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, come on. You couldn't get credit again like that. You, you go bankruptcy once. You no, I, credit, I, I, you know. I know people have gone bankrupt, and they're, that's it. They can't get anything. They can't it's get crazy. Anything. And, and, and then the Taj Mahal, he ended up abandoning, right? Remember that one? They ended up demoing that thing, yes. that thing, you know? Yeah. It's a, you know, this, this, the mic, they, they have a whole different, you know, uh, system of, of, of banking, of, of judit, of, of they, they, they have a whole different set of rules they live by. The things like, you know, to, to, to get multiple bailouts like that. We, we, we never get that opportunity. Or, or the white collar criminals from the banking industry, for one thing. The, they never go to jail. You know, Goldman Sachs can find $2 billion for this or B of A, you know, whatever the, pick a number, I don't know. But if you look over the recent history, you'll see millions and billions of dollars of fines and whatnot. But none of those guys go to jail. They retire with their bonuses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And th this happens all the time. And you just, you know. I know. It's, so what, what, what can, what we, it's clearly the politicians, you know, look at Donald Trump. Let's be honest. He was in the hotel casino business. We're talking the mob. Come on, you know what I mean? Come on now. You know, for Sinatra, the, the, the rat pack, the casino business and the hotel industry, Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I mean, come on. This is mob. He's territory. also learned to not pay his bills. I can't believe he wasn't right. paying the mob. He'd be, he wouldn't be around right now if he wasn't paying the mob. <laughs> so I'm sure. Well, I'm I mean, there's, he knew he knew who to pay, who not to pay. Let's yeah, put in exactly. let's that way. You don't pay the government. You don't no, pay your contractors. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. So, you know. Bill, Bill, let, let me let me get to Lance. Oh, okay. I, I appreciate the call. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's good talking Thanks. to you. All right. Okay. All right. Hey, Lance, what's up? What do you want to yell? Do you want to yell at me about something today? What else? What's well, going on? Uh, you know, when, when Trump went bankrupt with his casinos, they, uh, they put him on a, they put him on a $750,000 a month allowance. And they said, look, we own you now. And they said, you know what? Your brand, he hadn't built anything since the Trump Tower. Everything else was him. Okay, they said, your brand's still worth something, so we'll put you on seven hundred Okay, so he was totally, they had him by the balls, but his his brand was still worth enough for them to say, okay, we're not going to bankrupt you. Also, okay, he uh, he was the worst businessman on record, on paper, look it up, mm -hmm. for 10 years. He lost mm -hmm. more money than anyone. But mm -hmm. I'm guessing you're not a Trump fan, right? No, but as I've stated in the show, I'm not agreeing with what's going on right 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 uh, but, with but the also, indictment, uh, but, you know, yeah. burnett there mark burnett 
It was yeah. the, he was the big dog survival. He did Apprentice. They yeah. had to reverse engineer everything because a lot of that stuff on the show was quantitative. Who mm-hmm. made the most signups? Who got the most corporate dollars? You know, because some of it was semi-real. You know, yeah. But it really did get signed. Well, no, he would just pick people. Shows are real. They're all scripted. Well, no, no. Who came, yeah, yeah, but the guy became president partly because of that, because that legitimized his yeah. business document. And then he used Twitter. Okay, well, here's the thing, right? You're fired. That's the thing, right? You're fired. Now, You're fired. Yeah, right. And he they had, to rever- no, they had to reverse engineer everything to make it look like he made the right call because it was the stupidest call. So he was the worst businessman. He was the worst, the worst egotistical or narcissist on, on Apprentice. And that's how he became president because everybody bought it. So fuck us. It's America. Like George Carlin says, I blame us. Fuck the politicians. We voted him. All right, here's the thing about Trump, though. Now, this is something you'll agree with, I think, right? Mm-hmm. These New Yorkers, this New York guy, he, he wasn't going to prosecute. He got pressured. Come on, we got to go after him. We got, yeah. All I'm saying is, okay. Now again, I look at this all as theater. I wanted Jerry Brown to become president so Linda Ronstadt could be the first lady. That's how cynical (laughs) I am. No, I'm serious. Is there a he ran for president, I know, and I, I was a liberal. Know. I was a liberal, but I was not a hippie. You see Wait what I mean? Is there a job that Jerry Brown didn't have? He was literally, I think, governor and dog catcher. He was well, yeah. this guy. Yeah. He was governor twice, like what, forty years apart or but something. He was, wasn't he also like a sheriff in Oakland? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was everything. Mayor, <laughs> something. But his father, his father owned California for a while. Or, you know, governed California for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry but Brown. no, 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 no. But this is how cynical I am. Like I wanted, I wanted Jerry Brown to be president, specifically because I wanted Linda Ronstadt to be the first lady because they went out. You know, the rocker Linda. Yeah, Ronstadt. I remember that. I remember Linda. I like Linda Ronstadt. Because wouldn't this be great? So at the UN tonight, the president Jerry Brown will be speaking to the UN assembly. Meanwhile, across town at Madison Square Garden, first lady Linda Ronstadt will be opening for the Eagles, you know, or, you know, will be starting the, you know, anyway. Anyway, that's how cynical I am. But all I'm saying, because I look at this all as theater. I don't care who the hell it is, whether it's Biden or Obama or anybody in between. Unlike you, I didn't go from one side to the other. I know they're all full of shit. They better, all I'm saying is they better fucking put this guy in jail. If they don't, if they don't put him in behind bars, they're going to make him president. So I think that they're going to be the first people on his Christmas card list. And I think it's very possible that the Democrats, which that's who the people in New York are, that's who's forcing this guy. He wasn't yeah. prosecuted. He was forced into it. If they don't, if they don't convict Trump, they're going to get him. Well, this, this could help him. Don't you think? It will help him. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Eugene Debs, socialist in 1920 or 1920, I think. From jail, after they, 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 they deported all the radical anarchists that they could that weren't American citizens when everything was happening with the unions and all that and the precursor to the New Deal and FDR, whatever you think of that. But they put you need Eugene Debs, American citizen, in frickin' jail. He got 6% of the popular vote. He got a million votes total. Mm-hmm. He didn't get any electrical vote. From jail. Yeah. So, you know, so love him or hate him, he was a commie and uh, Trump's whatever. He is. He's a Trumpy, you know. So yeah, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't. Now he didn't get elected, Debs, but he made him a very much of a martyr and popular. Yeah, even from jail, he might do pretty good. But if they don't, but Mike, think about it. If they don't put, if they don't get the goods, if they don't have everything on on Trump enough to convict him, he's going to be saying, "Well, of course, I'm well, innocent," here's and he'll problem. be president. Lance, huh? evidence 
doesn't matter necessarily in New York because you're having a New York like you saw that crazy, crazy four woman of the, uh, uh, you know the uh, the grand jury going around that nut job. So it's it's just in New York, it may be very easy to get a jury to indict him and then to convict him because simply well, where, they want to Trump convict from? Donald Trump. Where's they Trump from? Right. Where's Trump from? New York. Okay, now how did he get where he got originally with Trump Tower by doing what? How did he get where he got where he, where, with Trump Tower? Uh, what, I don't know. what do you mean? He inherited a bunch of, uh, no, of really rich stuff. It was yeah. like a lot of projects, a lot yeah. of big uh, public housing from his dad. Okay, then he made the trip from Queens yeah. over to Manhattan. Yeah. They don't care. Do you think that New York, look, we have Bloomberg and wait, wait, wait a minute, 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 Mike. Now, again, again, they got Eric Adams, not exactly a flaming liberal. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, not exactly uh, like a, a guy of the people, Mr. Eighth Richest Guy in the Planet. They had Giuliani, a motherfucking neo-fascist, not exactly a flaming liberal. This is New York. They're not. They're, no, they're, no, are no, you no, kidding no, me? Lance, no, Lance, I'm a New no, Yorker. Lance, Lance we're both New Yorkers. Trump what? derangement syndrome. This is pre-President Trump, and someone made that point. That's not. But Mike, listen, 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 you listen, and I are New Yorkers. Listen, now, come on, look. man. York we've known York. we've known Trump since the seventies. I know, but it's changed now, and they don't want him to be president again. The last thing New Yorkers want is Donald Trump to become president next year. So this is a different time now. New Yorkers like Trump before he was president. He was built. Remember, they begged him to build the uh, skating rink. He, they loved him when he built that skating rink. When he financed it, when no one else could, he was a big hero back then. When he wait a minute, the Clintons loved him. They, they party party with the Clintons, but it's all been since he was elected president. And the Trump derangement syndrome kicked in that all of a sudden now New Yorkers hate his guts. Just like people, in the, you think people in San Francisco love Donald Trump? They can't stand, they hate him. They, they think he's the devil. So it could be pretty easy to get a Yeah, jury. but he's not going to be in front of a San Francisco jury. He's going to be in front of a New York, New York jury. City jury, a Manhattan jury. Manhattan Even with all the incredibly left wing. Incredibly left wing. Well, let me ask you this. Can I pivot on something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. France. What do you think about what's going on in France? By the oh. way, do you remember that a few months ago, what they did in France? I think maybe England too. They completely took over the power grid and said, we're, everybody gets free utilities except mm -hmm. government officials and rich people. They, they shut it off. Yeah. Let them breathe. Do you remember that? Most of the economists I'm listening to say the, uh, the 62 year retirement age was too young. Uh, in, in, in France, where the average, uh, I think 82, 83 is the median age of death there. It's higher than here by, by a few years. Yeah, but and listen so to what they say. Okay, Mike, let me just say this. You yeah. know what the French say? You know what the French say? Look, for decades and decades and decades, going back to now, we had a really short retirement age. By the way, okay, now let, let's just be clear about France. We're not talking about Cuba. We're not talking about China. We're not talking about even Scandinavia. We're talking about a very capitalistic country. Yeah. The richest man on the planet never, you know how it goes from like, uh oh, Zuckerberg would meta lost this much, but he's also, he's only worth 50 billion mm -hmm. instead of like 210 billion, whatever. I don't care how much they lose. All right. Not the richest of the rich. You know who that guy is? He's the guy that does the luxury brand. I forget his name. He's a French guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he is so much more wealthy. He's like, uh, like three times richer than like yeah. either uh, either Zuckerberg or Bezos or, or Musk or whoever. Yeah. 
they all compete where they go up and down with the stock because they're solid stock, whatever, whatever. But this guy is so fucking richer than them. He's always number one for decades. Mm-hmm. So France is a very capitalistic country. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm the, I'm they got, okay, so they shut country. down the whole freaking utility grid and shut it off for people like that and all the other 10% rich and, and made it, let it be free for the entire rest of the people. So in other words, basically I'll say two things. One is you're full of crap because there's a very capitalist, very rich country. And just like they're going to chop, just like they chop the heads off of Marie Antoinette. This is France. We're talking about, they got yeah. balls like America. We used to have balls in America. Right. So, you know, you might hate it. You might hate it. And by the way, Mike, you know, you've switched from the right, from the left to the right. You know who the very dangerous that the government is most fearful of when they get involved in these working class things it's the yellow vests the right wingers the right wing populists are the most powerful subgroup and by the way by the way in america we were so brainwashed sorry yeah. mike to think that the left and the right oh my god the marxist work with the anti-immigrant neo-fascist you know why because neither one has enough power to do it on their own if they want to get their shit because they're both working class so think about what i'm saying mm-hmm. What we have is like the Democrat Republic. With their center left, like what we would call the corporate Democrats or whatever, whatever, you either love them or hate them. Okay, so they're kind of like Macron himself. These fucking like Trudeau. These neoliberal pseudo lefties, right? Mm-hmm. That's there. Then you got the center right. Then you got the Angela Merkel types, which are like center right, but not yeah. totally wacko anti-immigrant. Right. Bear with me here. Yeah. Now you've got the Marxists on the far left to say, fuck Macron, fuck capitalism. We want to tear the whole shit down. Then you got the far right, which are like Trumpers. Mm. They're working class. They're not like the, the Merkels. They're like real working class. They're like, they're like, they hate immigrants because they're competing with the job because we're poor and blah, blah, blah. So it's the Marxists and the far right. They don't think twice about working together when they're like 15% each of the coalition uh, in any given year. And the ones, the other two are like 30 and 30. What does that come up to? 30, 60. Yeah, 90. That's just about right. The other two, the center of the Merkels and the Macrons, they get about 30 each. Mm. They can't do a coalition. They need one or two, whatever they are. You hear what I'm saying? So yeah. they don't even think twice the Marxists. They oh. don't say, oh, these anti-immigrants, because they are the Marxists. They want Lance, free borders. I, what? I, have to give, I always have to give French credit for this. I mean, they get out there and they protest. I mean, they get out there and they really. But that's them. because they don't bicker about far right, far left. Well, you're Trump, you're Biden, you're Clinton, you're, you're Sanders. Yeah. They all just get together. We're all fucking workers. We're all getting fucked by the rich. We're all coming out together. And America doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, they, do it here. Because, they, huh? they, they, they go out into the streets here if it's about race. No, oh, only, really? Only if it's about race. That's it. Wait a minute. No, no, no. For, look, they shut down. They took over the power grid and shut off the utilities for like three days. I'm like, talking about here. I'm saying people. No, here, I'm talking about France. Yeah. What I'm saying is we never do that. That would be the most radical thing in the last 50 years. What I'm also saying, Mike, 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 they've had, listen to this. They've had a million people in the streets, like literally every day for like weeks. That's before they actually put the hammer down with this 62 to 64. Then it got fucking violent. They're turning shit over. They're destroying property. They're starting fires now. Guess what's going to happen next week? There's going to be a general strike because they've only had pockets. They've had rolling strikes with different industries. Now, next week, now that it's been imposed officially, they're going to shut down the entire, entire country and make it 10 times worse than it was. This is what's happening. This is what I'm saying. This is what's happening in a capitalistic, you know, country in Europe. 
So yeah. fuck me and fuck you. And you know what I mean? Really? Really? I'm saying all of us Americans, we can't get together and do what they're doing. We used to have balls in America. Okay, let me say one last thing. You know, we heard about Tulsa, which I'm sure you think is horrible, with these upper middle class people in Tulsa that were black. That got, it's not just that. You know what used to happen? Before we had a worldwide like FBI or we had like really like we had sheriffs, literally, not like it's like the movies in the old west, but in territories that just became states. Yeah. We didn't have strong police. We had sheriffs having to do posses. In other words, you had to go by the will of the people, whether they were far left, far right, whatever they were. And guess what? A lot of Americans took, said, fuck you. We're not going to be told what to do in our little town or our state even. We're going to come storm you and guess what? These politicians did what the fuck the citizens wanted. I want to see it from the right. I want to see it from the left. See what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm an equal opportunity. I want to see us doing a lot more January 6th. I'm serious. I want more Ooh, of watch it. Out not watch out. Watch out. What? We don't want to break into any buildings. Hey, look, look. Did you hear I'm what, you uh, know what? Let me say this. Let me say this. I'll stop in 10 seconds. I want to see a January 6th, and I want to see things like the the George Floyd things where they destroyed property, property, but not people. And January 6th was about destroying property, not people. So I want to see more trucker convoys, more George Floyd protests, and more January 6th. Until hey, Lance. Lance, here's a question. Do you, so do you want to see that kind of a protest if Trump is indicted? Hello, Lance. And all of a sudden, no. you, you go ahead. Protest in New York, saying this is a political witch, which it is. I agree. I'm not going to show up. I'm all for it. Yeah, <laughs> New York protest against this Trump bullshit. Oh, by the way, by the way, you know what I would say, Mike? Yeah. You know what? Throw Trump in jail. By the way, I'm not saying he shouldn't go to jail. I'm talking about the way they're doing it. There's other charges. I'm saying other than Carter's on his deathbed. Let's give Carter a break. He might not be a war, but let's take Obama. Let's do. You you know they have class action against that. Let's do a class action kind of thing. Let's take Obama, Bush, okay, uh, uh, and Clinton. Let's put them all on trial with Trump and put them all all the motherfuckers in jail. That be that would suit me just fine. There you go, Lance. Thanks for the call. As always, you know the the, the greatest thing about Lance is that he uh, he has an opinion. He really does have an opinion. I'll never accuse Lance of not having an opinion on something. What I want to do, Lance, go away. I'll see you tomorrow. I want to read some stuff. Uh, you know I love you and I love your calls because they're strong. You have a, I, I like, I, you know, uh, I'm a New Yorker. I like real points of view. I don't like wishy-washiness. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, go for wishy-washiness, which is something that affect, that offends a lot of people in this country about Trump. People who are not from New York are much more offended by him. In fact, that was one of the problems he had within his campaign, with his administration in the White House. Is a lot of these uh, people from middle America who were got jobs at the White House could not take his personality. I mean, if Trump came down to me, if I'm working there and he says, Mike, get a, give, me a, give me a donut. Eat a donut. I'm not going to be like, oh, Trump offended me by asking me to get him a donut. I can't take. I just know that New Yorkers are certain ways. It doesn't. They, they say things very directly. OK, and they don't mean to hurt you or offend you. It's just the way they talk. You know, Mike, you fucked up. Don't fuck up again. I'm not going to like go crying. But that's what happened to a lot of people who work for Donald Trump, who are from like middle America, Missouri and Oklahoma and Iowa. They're like, oh, my God, this guy is so ooh, he's he's such a monster. He's so monstrous because they're not used to New Yorkers. I'm used to New Yorkers. So that, that kind of 
personality, it, it doesn't bother me. In fact, he makes me laugh a lot. Uh, I want to do. I want to read though. This is from earlier today. Rich Lowry, an opinion piece in the in the New York Post. How much does a mugshot mean to you? Well, to Alvin Bragg, it apparently means quite a lot. All, all signs point to Bragg, Manhattan's progressive prosecutor, indicting Trump for his 2016 hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. The old Karl Marx line is that history repeats itself first as tragedy, then as farce. This historic first ever indictment of a former president of the United States would skip straight to farce. First, there's the tawdry and relatively trivial subject matter. Trump stands accused by his critics on the left of fomenting an insurrection to overthrow the Constitution. And the criminal offense they are going to get him on stems from a dalliance with a porn star in 2006. Then, more important, is the question of the merits. Unless Bragg has something unexpected on Trump, this appears to be a prosecution in search of a legal theory. Everything indicates Bragg is more interested in subjecting Trump to the humiliations attendant to getting charged, turning himself in, fingerprinted, photographed, and the grinding distraction of defending himself against a criminal charge than the cogency of the case itself. As the New York Times put it last week, the Bragg case hinges on an untested and therefore risky legal theory involving a complex interplay of laws all amounting to a low-level felony. In other words, exactly what you want to indict a former president on. The difficulty in making a case against Trump owes to the fact that hush payments are sleazy, but they're legal. So the Bragg case involves the bookkeeping around the payment. There's a reason Bragg's predecessor, Cyrus Vance, passed on the Stormy case. It looked like Bragg was going to pick up a broader business case against Trump instead. When the DA dropped that, his progressive supporters were outraged. Now, lo and behold, he has brought things full circle back to Stormy. As president, Trump invade against his political enemies and demand they be arrested. This was shameful and disturbing stuff, although obviously there were no arrests. Bragg's apparently about to do what Trump fantasized about and what the entire left of center universe characterized as an abuse of power when the Republican merely mused about it. The perspective Bragg prosecution is no different from what would happen if Sheriff Joe Arpaio was still in office and somehow found a way to get an unintenuated legal hook into Joe Biden. How would Democrats feel about that? An argument in favor of Bragg's perspective move is that Trump is unique and uniquely vulnerable to legal charges. This is something, there's something to that, but both Bill and Hillary Clinton could have been prosecuted and they weren't. Same with Nixon after a Gerald Ford pardon that now nearly everyone considers statesmanlike and correct. No Democrat, be sure Biden Oh, no Democrat should be sure Biden isn't implicated in the flow of sketchy money into his family. And we already know he violated the law in his handling of classified documents. It's not that presidents and former presidents are above the law, but the old norm of forbearance is appropriate. We shouldn't want to conduct an experiment in what happens when a presidential candidate with an intense following, keenly attuned to potentially unfair treatment, is subjected to a nakedly political prosecution. That said, it should be Trump's responsibility not to inflame an already incendiary situation. But he is. That, though, is another foreseeable downside of going down this route with this particular case. Trump's enemies never gave up on the idea the walls are closing in. and They decided where they have the power to make it a reality. Once again, they feel justified in violating norms in response to Trump's threat to norms. As most everyone agrees, a Bragg prosecution will help Trump in the GOP nomination fight, at least initially. If he's fortunate in his enemies, the country is not.
And that's a great, that really summarizes the whole thing pretty well. That, that really summarizes the whole thing pretty well, I think, uh, in that um, it's, uh, it's um, uh, politically, politically motivated, totally politically motivated. And I think what we need to, to do is to truly understand that his when they do this against the president, when they do this against a president, they can do it against anyone. It could be you. It could be me. So this is not about Donald Trump. This is not about Donald Trump at all. Hey, Lance, did you want to say something else? Lance, you there? Hello, Lance. Lance, you there? Yeah, I was just thinking about what you were saying before about uh, New Yorkers, you know, about uh, just how how, eight, how like tens of millions of people could live with like outside the top 50 in murder and violent crime. Uh-huh. Outside the top 50. They had 300 murders like last year. 300 murders. That's like 300 too many, right? But it's like 500, 700, 800, all these other cities. And so <laughs> it's like. Everything, wow, wow, New York, wow, you know, the violence and people cram. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, like the cab driver who's like has to worry about his insurance going through the roof or the, the other guy who's like had a fender bender and they're going to be nose to nose and yelling and screaming at each other about their particular stress that they're each creating for each other because whatever, but they're never going to throw a punch. I'll tell you something funny. One of my best friends, Doc, a black guy, lives in 178th Street, <laughs> Washington Heights. And we wound up living in this kind of crazy situation. It was fun. A psychologist who was, uh, she was crazy, right? But it was a very nice, nice house and all this stuff. And it was cheap rent. And we would just argue. We would debate, you know. And we would literally be screaming at each other. And, our, and these other people that weren't snowflake types that were our roommates were like, hey, man, really? No, man, come on. You're going to go to a fight. We'd laugh and be like. There's no way, you know. So, I and I just put in the chat about how, you know who, the only others, like, just to be stereotypical, are Texans. Do you know a lot of Texans, Mike? Do I know a lot of Texans? Yeah. No. They're like New Yorkers. Right. They are, very much. Yes, yes. They're very direct. You're right. They're the only one. And... I'll tell you, there's something in history, right? A little 30-second yeah. history. We're called the Empire State. So, in other words, of the 13 colonies, the Quaker State, Pennsylvania, the Puritan State, Massachusetts, Maryland was Catholic, and Connecticut was some other Protestant thing, and most of the colonies, a lot of them, were religious-oriented. Well, New York was the Empire State. There's no religion. Think about it, right? It's like, no, it was New Amsterdam. It was all about commerce. And it was early on, by the time Philly became like, you know, Philadelphia became overtook Boston. New York was the biggest city, blah, blah, blah. All right, so that's New York. And that's why, like, the black market, we're like about the most corrupt. I think Texas is probably also right there. The biggest states, the more there is to steal, the more corrupt people will be there. So New York, California, Texas, you know, we're, we're in the top three in terms of overall corruption. Illinois is right there, and they're usually around the fourth or fifth biggest state because of Chicago. All right? right. So, but we're so big and huge, it doesn't matter about the corruption because people still know how to get by. People survive. They know what to do. All right. So that's New York. And Texas, too. It's just huge. It's just a huge economy. It's like a bigger economy than New York now. 
as I got a bazillion people. And I'm not saying I want to move there anytime soon, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, direct, like you said, direct and in your face and yeah. Well, and, and I, I appreciate that about Texans. Yeah. And the women, the te- Texas women are just brilliant. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's a, it's the first thing I noticed when I met someone from Texas or I went to Texas. I was like, wow, they're like New Yorkers. I said, these are they're yeah. very direct, but you know, obviously politically very different and they sound very different, but they're very, they're very like, this is the way we are. If you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was in, I was in Austin for a couple of days, just tra- traveling around the country here a couple of times. I actually had girls eye in me, but oh my God, Austin was the coolest city. Cause I lived in New York City, you know, I grew up in Philly and I, you know, didn't go to a lot of clubs. I was a kid kind of, but then I went back. Blah, blah, blah. But Austin, man, it was be like you'd walk in to be a punk band. Then you'd walk in to be a country band. You walk in to another bar, just right on Sixth Street and be like a, a rock and roll band, then a blues band. Then it was crazy, great music scene. Right. And so that was Austin. So yeah, anyway, yeah, New York. Or, and, and Texans, but that's why, oh, man, you know, I don't know. A lot of Californians are moving to Texas and Florida because they destroyed California. Now they want to move to those states, you know, it's crazy. But yeah, uh, yeah, of course, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I, I think that um, I can appreciate that. But like I said about a lot of people who worked for the Trump White House, I'm sure they had never experienced someone like that before. I'm sure if they worked, if they worked for any politician and believe me, to get to work in the White House, it's not your first job. You have to have worked for a lot of different Congress people and senators. And I'm sure they had never experienced anyone like him before. And they were just taken. They were just taken aback. Yeah, I agree. You know, what's weird. Leap with this thought. Right. So now there's people that like. okay, so Cy Hirsch with his. You you know who Cy Hirsch is, right? Yes. What do you think of him? I don't have that much of an opinion. I don't. You know, I, I, I couldn't have a, a strong opinion one way or the other. He's what 100% gold. He's, platinum. he's a plat- he's a platinum level uh, a journalist. And the fact that he doesn't have all, all synonymous sources, these are people that are embedded for 40 years. You know you know what his sources are? It's people that go back to the freaking the Nixon, Reagan, literally like the Reagan administration. Right. I, I, I know I've read a lot of this stuff, but I'm not. I guess I'm not enough up on him enough to really have a strong opinion. But you know what'd be funny? Oh, oh my God! Good, um, Mike. Go just yeah. look at some of his talks because mm-hmm. he is so like he's like a frumpy. He's like a frumpy, like a like a like a Bernie Sanders, Ralph Nader, like, and he'll go off on tangents and say, "What was I supposed to talk about?" He look at his notes and say, "Oh, I only covered four, three things." It's like two hours in. He's great. You'll just love him, whether you agree with everything he says or not. Okay. The point though is right. Is that, um, well, we just talked about what right before that, uh, as far as all these people, uh, uh, and Biden. Oh, here, here it is. Here it is. People like Cy Hirsch and other people that totally respect him, even if they disagree with him. Type, right? They all say that. And Jeffrey Sachs. Yeah. You know Jeffrey Sachs? Yes. Jeffrey Sachs, I know. What do you think of him? Uh, he's done some good stuff. I, mean, I think know, he's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, thing, the thing about Jeffrey Sachs. Even with Cy Hirsch, you see, interestingly, right? So Jeffrey Sachs is a mainstream 
he's an establishment guy. I mean, he, yeah. he when he says, well, I talked to the heads of states and prime minister and I talked to the corporate CEOs of the, and I talked to the environmental groups and I talked to the medical. He, he's not joking. He talks to all these people. He's got the like whatever. Again, he's very he's establishment. He says, I vote Democrat. I voted for Biden. I think they suck, though. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? He's very open about where he comes from. He's not a righty. But he's totally neutral, and the UN and everybody in between. So he's very, he's very crad. He's, he's got total crad, right? What, what I'm saying is Jeffrey Sachs and Cyhurst. By the way, Cyhurst, he laughs when he, when they say, "What about this pushback you're getting?" He says, I, <laughs> "I'm going to be dead in ten years." You know, basically, I'm 80 years old. I, I don't care. This stuff, my my, my credentials have, are go back 50 years. My my sources are impeccable. Nobody ever questioned me until now. So fuck them all. Basically, he says right. he laughs at it. So in other words, what I'm saying, though, Mike, this is the point, though, is that they all say that Biden's worse. Biden's worse than Obama and Bush. Biden's worse than Obama or Bush or, or, or Clinton or any of these guys or Trump or Trump. You know what I think the reason is? What is it? Here it is. You're going to agree with me 10,000%. This is the first total group of people, regardless of whether they came on the revolving door and, you know, personal advice, they went to Harvard. And it's like, you know what it is? They, they're, they're the snowflake, the first true snowflake. We were spoiled as gen, as gen, as a, as boomer. We were spoiled as boomers, but this is the first generation of people that they have to have everything be like sanitized perfectly. This is where the misinformation stuff comes from. Yes. Literally. This is where the misinformation, bullshit, crap, garbage comes from. In other words, I'm not even going to like say these people have some nefarious plan. What it is is, think about it. They're like, it doesn't matter about the truth. We have raised our children and we have been raised not to have bad thoughts about anything. We must be sanitized. We have to have 99.9% .9 spray on the counter. We can never let our kid get a germ. We can never let our kid absorb peanut dust. That's what caused a lot of these peanut allergies was preventing little tiny kids from getting light, little amount because yeah. it works because allergies work similar to immunity, all that stuff. And now these people, I think it's the first generation like that, that is now just whatever they're, you know, good or bad or indifferent compared to all the, it's just the youth aspect. They're all now in the Biden administration. They have their heads so much farther up their ass than any other. I don't care whether it's Trump or Obama. I don't care whether it's Bush or Clinton. I don't care if you're on the right or the left. We have a bunch of people now that are running our country because Biden Biden ain't. This guy barely can 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 walk three steps or put four words. No, he's a, he's a, so Biden's totally out of it. Yeah, but, it. but but like love or hate Weinberger, love or because you know Nixon, Nixon when he was already bombing the fuck out of Cambodia, he was stumbling around the White House drunk as fuck. They didn't know if he was going to like use the nuclear football. They didn't. The people around Nixon said, don't listen to this dude, thankfully, even though they were fucking warmongers. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. nothing new about, nothing new about like having that kind of shit, man, <laughs> going on. Kennedy, yeah. are you kidding yeah. me? Kennedy yeah. with the compromising of like some of the people that he was, some of the Russian spies he was fucking. <laughs> Literally. No, and, and this is, oh, by the way, guess who, guess who exposed all that? Cy Hirsch called the darker side of, the dark side of Camelot about how compromised Kennedy was. Ah, uh, I think I've read that. 
I do know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But look. No, so, so, by the way, Cy Hirsch is, he's, he's been destroying Democrats and Republicans and everybody in between since, since time, since day one. Okay. So, you know, yeah. and so all these people, all these people are dangerous motherfuckers. But what's different is that even though you had wackos with Kennedy with the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was Kennedy, according to Hirsch, that put uh, missiles on Turkey, just like we're doing now with Ukraine, by fucking with Russia right to the verge of their border. We did the same thing with the Cuban Missile Crisis by putting missiles in Turkey, and Turkey borders Russia. Okay, when we did that, it was only after Kennedy did that that Khrushchev put missiles in Cuba. It was only after that. So this is again, Cy Hirsch. He said it was Kennedy himself that that provoked. Khrushchev to play fire with fire, and he created the Cuban Missile Crisis that he gets credit for defusing Kennedy. Okay, yeah, yeah. so so again, so we're coming back to now. But even with all that, even with Kennedy, even with McNamara, the warmonger, and destroying John Tibetta, all that crap, somehow all these people, Cy Hirsch goes back that far. Not well, he doesn't go back to Kennedy per se. He was maybe a real, although he was a journalist then. Yeah, he was. He actually does go back. He wasn't covering it then. My point though is that we're in real bad shape. I, I don't give a crap which side you're on. That these Biden people, and this is what Sachs is saying. This is what all these internet, this is what Mearsheimer is saying. You know, the right winger Mearsheimer, John Mearsheimer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brilliant. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Lance. and he's over here. Thank but, you. But, let, but, let me let you go because I just want I want to read a couple other things about Biden. Uh, Biden's uh, more dangerous than all the presidents before him. Ah, I, I, thanks. I want you. To, I want to leave on that note, Lance. That's a great note to leave on. That Biden is a disaster, a, a total disaster. Remember, remember another thing about Joe Biden is that he's been around for a half a century. Okay, so would you rather have a president? who was in politics for half a century and has been the known liar for half a century, then a newcomer or an outsider who may not be perfect, who may even be a little sketchy. I think it's an easy answer. It's an easy answer for me, although I am a DeSantis guy. I'm a DeSantis guy. Perfect. Not too much. Not a politician for too long. You know, only 40, what, 43, 44 years old. Uh, so I think I think he's not not a lifelong politician. Let's put it that way, like a Joe Biden. All right. Chris Rock, by the way, Chris Rock, of all people. We love Chris Rock. Um, he warned uh, lawmakers on Sunday that arresting Trump would make him only more popular. Uh, Rock was in Washington, D.C. for an event honoring on Adam Sandler, and he began poking fun at the well-connected uh, crowd there, which include former Speaker Pelosi and members of Biden's administration. Well, that must have been fun. Are you guys really going to arrest Trump? Rock said. Do you know this is only going to make him more popular? It's like arresting Tupac. He's just going to sell more records. Are you stupid? He said as the room laughed. Uh, Rock went off on the a riff on the circumstances of Trump's political potential indictment, which arose because of Stormy Daniels. Trump, a fucking porn star, and paid off someone so his wife couldn't find out? That's romantic, Rock said. We've all been cheated on. Do you wish, don't you wish the person that cheated on you paid off somebody so you wouldn't find out? <laughs> Trump tweeted this weekend, yeah, we know all about that. So I think Chris Rock is being funny, but he's also right. He is, he is. He's, but by the way, did you guys see, did you guys see Trump's tweet on Truth Social when he announced um, he was going to run? He was going to be indicted. He said, all, all, did you see it? All in capital letters. All in capital letters. 
I'll, now illegal leaks from a corrupt and highly political Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which has allowed new records to be set in violent crime and whose leader is funded by George Soros, indicate that with no crime being able to be proven and based on an old and fully debunked by numerous other prosecutors' fairy tale, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested on Tuesday of next week. Protest. Take our nation back. So that's what he said. <laughs> But then I heard he doesn't want people to protest. And McCarthy said there shouldn't be any protests. <laughs> so I, don't know. I mean, that's just, you know, that's Trump, all in capital letters. But he's right about uh, Bragg. He is Soros funded. Uh, he has allowed new records to be set in violent crime. And there's no crime here that can really be proven. It's all, but, but once again, you can talk about morals, ethics of paying someone off of cheating on your wife or maybe, maybe whatever it may be. Bill Clinton did that in the uh, Oval Office, wasn't arrested. So it's, it's, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. We know it's bullshit. But it will embolden the left, who will get off on it. Anyone with Trump derangement syndrome, this taps into anybody with Trump derangement syndrome, right? If you have Trump derangement of the right kind, you're now more motivated than ever to get this guy elected again, just to shove it up there, you know what. And if you have Trump derangement of the left kind, you're, you're so giddy. Finally, after all these years, all these years and all these fake crimes that he supposedly committed that they couldn't get him on, now they're going to indict him on something. You know, so that's, that's, this is it. It's just going to fuel the Trump derangement syndrome that we all experience even more. And I can't imagine that's a good thing for this country. I just I can't imagine it's a good thing for this country. You know, another thing that's not good. I, I know I've spoken about Trump for most of the show. And there'll be I don't there's much more about this. If he could be arrested by the time this show airs tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. If Trump is right about the Tuesday, which many people say it's not going to be, but maybe it will be. We'll have more to talk about. But um <laughs> Good old San Francisco. Like, like I have said many times, when San Francisco makes national news, it's not for a good reason. It's always for a bad reason. Go back decades ago, and it used to be for good reasons, right? The love, peace, love, peace, love, dope, you know, partying and uh, love children and, you know, it was summer of love and all that and good music. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, what's happened is... San Francisco, the police department is losing, I believe, over a thousand, like they're down a thousand officers every year. They lose thousands of officers over the last several years. Um, and what they're doing now, remember, they fired, they fired, uh, I think, close to 100. In New York, it was over a thousand. Here was about 100 police officers because they wouldn't take the vaccine. All right. They wouldn't take the vaccine. So instead they hired unvetted, undocumented officers to fill staff vacancies, okay? In fact, 45 officers hired in 2016 were flagged for not meeting hiring requirements, including missing fingerprints, okay? Missing fingerprints, proof of citizenship, graduation records, incomplete psychological exams, and background checks. Former San Francisco police officer Joel Aworth was on Fox & Friends and he talked about this. He said he was never allowed those things. I mean, the background process is very intense, about a six-month to a year process. I mean, how does someone just go, oh, I don't know how the psych eval got lost? That's the impossible because that person has to tell your background investigator before you can go on. 
So how is any of this even possible? I have no idea. So while they fired, they fired uh, officers because they wouldn't take the, the, the useless vaccine, the useless, you know, uh, pointless vaccine, which does not stop the spread, doesn't stop anything, just makes big farmer more money. Uh, they've hired officers who are undocumented, unvetted. Their psych exams got lost. And what's happening basically is they're looking for, bo- they're getting bottom of the barrel people because all the good people are either fired or left. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. And on top of that, on top of that nonsense, on top of all that, Mishigas, we have a board of supervisors person. I'm sure you may have seen this if you watch Fox. Well, of course, you've only seen this on Fox. You wouldn't see this on CNN, MSNBC. Hillary Ronan, who, if I can pull this Residents up here. Shot. Yeah, I'm going to try to pull this up for you and cue it up for you. Because in the- But here's Hillary Ronan, and she's a board of supervisors member who represents the Mission District, which is a, a, a pretty dense, heavily uh, Latino uh, district here. In fact, in the 60s and 70s, it was known as really high crime with a lot of gangs. Now it's not gangs anymore. Now it's just all your run-of-the-mill crime. But um, she was complaining about the lack of police officers. Here, here's Hillary Ronan, Board of Supervisors member from San Francisco, complaining about the lack of, uh, of police officers. I've been begging this department to give the mission what it deserves in terms of police presence all year long. And I have been told time and time and time and time again, there are no officers that we can send to mission. It hurts. And I feel betrayed by the department. I feel betrayed by the mayor. I feel betrayed by the priorities of the city. It is not this board of supervisors priorities. We want our residents safe. We don't want our residents getting shot, getting assaulted, getting killed because in the mission chief, it's not theft. In the mission, people are getting shot and killed. In the mission, people are getting beat up. In the mission, people are dying, dying. So that's Hillary Ronan. You think, all right, go go right, complain about that. Yeah, because, you know, ah, yeah, I'm all for you, Hillary. More cops, more cops. This is Hillary Ronan, August 16th of 2020 on Twitter. I want to make it clear that I believe strongly in defunding the police and reducing the number of officers on our force. For decades, we've had an imbalance in our city's budget with $100 million going to SFPD to have them do work they're not qualified to do. So here's Hillary Ronan in the summer of 2020, less than three years ago, being all for defunding, dismantling, and destroying the police department. Now here she is in 2023 complaining there's not enough officers in the mission. Now, here's the question. Does Hillary think we're dumb? Does Hillary think we don't have these tweets from three years ago? Does Hillary think we don't have receipts from 2020? Does Hillary not know of the Internet, not know of Twitter? Does she think uh, this is the 18th century? Does she think she said this 120 years ago? Our ancestors said it. No, she said this in 2020. In August of 2020, during, remember, this was just a couple of months after the George Floyd uh, riots, when defunding the police was a, a big deal, right? It was a hot-button issue. She was all for it. And since then, crime has skyrocketed in all cities run by individuals like Hillary Ronan, including San Francisco. And now she's saying that she wants more cops. So this is just pure politicians doing people hate about politicians, which is talking out of their mouth and then talking out of their woo But what really 
confuses me is how Hillary thinks she can get away with it. I, I, I don't. I, that that is confounding. How she thinks she can get away with it, unless she believes, and probably rightfully so, that the people in San Francisco are so stupid, they're so naive, they're so infested. You're a Democrat. You can get away with anything. They'll excuse away anything. Anything is excused away if you're a Democrat. You can be a racist and be a Democrat. It's fine, right? You could be a homophobe and be a defuant. You're a Democrat. You're fine. If you want to be anti-police one minute and then complaining about there's no police and crimes going up the next minute, if you're a Democrat, that's fine. What, what, what would that be considered if you want to really twist yourself into a pretzel and explain that? She's a, she's a complicated person. <laughs> she's a complicated such a genius that she's very complicated. It's ridiculous. They're just hypocrites. And once again, you vote for these people. And unfortunately, you get what you deserve. But unfortunately, I also get it and I don't deserve it. That's the problem. The people who didn't vote for it are getting it and we don't deserve it. So if, if the criminals, if, if, there's a, if there's a perfect world, this is a perfect world, Mike Chopley's perfect world. The criminals will only target people who voted for these people. Then it would be fine with me. If criminals only target the people who voted for these people, that would be fine. But unfortunately, that's not the way it goes. Unfortunately, that's the way it's not the way. If you look at if you look at many of the people who appear on television, on Fox News, on on radio podcasts who are victims of this crime. These are people who never voted for these people. They're the ones who end up getting the, the short end of the stick. And that's 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 the biggest problem. That's the biggest problem. So you always hear that. Well, good for those people. They voted for it. Well, no, but a lot of us didn't. A lot of us didn't. And then you have an, an idiot like Dean Preston, who's another Board of Supervisor member here, who now is on the police's case. That they're on, He's on their case again now. He wants to investigate overtime. He wants to investigate overtime by police. Well, yeah, there's overtime because there's no fucking police, you idiot. Of course there's overtime. When the police department should be 4,000 people and you have 2,000 people, you're probably going to have overtime because they got to cover. They got to cover. We don't have enough police officers. Plus, I just heard that the average burglary call, 911 call, let's say you come into your apartment or your house and you found it burglarized, it takes them an average of 12 hours for the police to show up. 12 hours. And yet they're still talking about defunding the police. And what they're going after is not crime. They're going after Donald Trump. And they're going after overtime. These people are our enemies and they should be treated like our enemies. These people are the ones who are putting our lives on the line by their bad, bad policies, their, their, their continued virtue signaling. What are the, what, what's important to them? Reparations for black people who were never, ever a victim of slavery, living in a state that was never, ever part of slavery and arresting a president for paying off a porn star. What they are not interested in is cutting down on crime, lowering inflation, lowering gas prices, not bailing out people with over a quarter million dollars in the banks. You know, that's their their next thing they want to do. That $250,000 limit for the FDIC, they, they want to pretend it doesn't exist. Who does that benefit? You? Would the average person have a $500,000 in the fucking bank? Who does that who does that benefit? So their priorities are all screwed up. Their priorities are all upside down. What's going on tonight? Um, quick answer to your question is um, what do they care about? 
Yes. What do they care about? Um, they don't know. That's the answer to the question. They simply don't know what they care about anymore. They, they used to care about the poor. They used to care about the middle class. They used to care about freedom of speech. They used to care about international and, and domestic peace. They used to care ab about um, uh, bodily autonomy. They used to care about a lot of things that they just stopped caring about. And why did they stop caring about that? They were told to stop. And they stopped. They were told to stop by the mercenary journalists that they have come, that they've been branded with. They've been, uh, they've been branded with the, the Democratic brand and the um, mercenary journalists are the, um, what do we call it, the sheep herders of that brand. Or, or the the uh, the herders of that brand, uh, the, the the cow pokes. What do we call them? What do you call them? cow wrestlers? They're the wrestlers for that brand, and um, that's that's all they care about is doing what they're told to do. That is their ideology: is obedience. It, it's just <laughs> I don't get it because here, uh, you're let's say you're a city council member in New York or a board of supervisors member in San Francisco. You don't. You don't walk around. They, they don't have. They don't have secret service. They don't get. They don't get bodyguards. Don't they have to live in this world too? Don't they have to live in this crime-ridden city also? Well, they, they they think they don't, and then at some point, you know, like Nancy Pelosi, um, they find out that they do, and um, they just give, give give it time. More of them will be uh, hit by the realities of, of crime and. All of a sudden, they will uh, rediscover uh, refunding the police. It's it's yeah, you know, they, they, it's all about obedience to them. Why it's about obedience to them? Why why this? Why it, why it is why they're they why they've given up uh, their independent thought at this point? Given that you know, twenty years ago, Democrats were far more independent in their thinking than, than Republicans far more. Uh, the Republicans 20 years ago, 30 years ago or more, were always the ones that dogmatically followed the church. Now, now we've got a new church for the left. And that, and that church, that church is, it, 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 it's, it, it's not brick and mortar. It, it has no well-defined saints, but it certainly has uh, some interesting sacraments that have evolved over the last uh, three or four years, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But I just, the blatant hypocrisy of the lefties there. I mean, you're not even trying to hide it. If you've tweeted, if I tweeted in August of 2020, get rid fund the police, demands of the police, this, that, and the other thing, I would not have the unmitigated gall to come out less than three years later and complain there are no police. I, 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 I don't, it's just, I, maybe, maybe it's the gall they have to do what they do that annoys me so much. And there's no consequences for them doing it. There's no consequence. There's no consequence for, for Hillary Ronan to do that. And there's no consequence for Dean Preston to come out. And in this time we're living in, with businesses closing down because of crime and, and their ridiculous COVID policies that they, that they sucked up to the mayor for for three years and never complained about it at all, went along with it hook, line, and sinker, to the fact that people in this city, you can't walk around without confronting a nut job who wants to, who wants to hurt you. In this time that we're living in, their complaint is that police are corrupt, getting too much overtime. I, I, I'm just 
Once again, what makes me so sad and disgusted is I live with people who will continue to elect these people over and over again and not call them on any of their bullshit. Yeah, well, given that we've, the uh, city of San Francisco has lost hundreds of officers over the last um, uh, three years, which haven't been replaced, it's no wonder, no small wonder that uh, overtime would be needed. Oh, yeah. you, think, you, think a, you think a guy who makes uh, 180000 a grand, a grand a year on the Board of Supervisors would know that? You think he'd know mm-hmm. that? Or what is he trying to do? Score brownie points with the extreme left, wacko, extremist lefties who elect him all the time. Yeah, in the mercenary media, mercenary media in San Francisco said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we'll back you on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll look the other way. We'll, yeah, we'll pretend as though you never said what you said." Yeah, it's it. Uh, once again, it's 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 mind-boggling to me that they can get away with this. It's just it's just it's so blatant. They're not even trying to hide it. They're not good about being subtle about it or or secretive or clever. It's just it's just ba- you know it's basically saying, and I've said this about Gavin Newsom. It's basically saying I'll be as hypocritical as I want to be. I'll be as full of shit as I want to be. And you're going to elect me over and over again. And they're right. Yep. And they're and right. Crime is, and crime is going to get worse in San Francisco because everything has momentum and there is no force, not the police force or any other, other force that is uh, being applied to, to this momentum at this point. So it is going to continue to get worse. Well, and, and um, that's why I got that's why I got my mace, Daniel. That's why I got my yeah, mace. Yeah. Oh, I was uh, working out in uh, the panhandle today um, over there at the outdoor gym and uh, witnessed uh, two kids probably around, I don't know, 14 or 15, um, just tormenting this, uh, this street person. Um, it, it, they were just they just they circled about him on, on their um Little scooters, the little motorized scooters, not 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 the uh, the, the motorized scooters that the delivery people use, but they like the skateboard scooter things, um, and they just circled around him, tormenting him for a half an hour until I finally said something to him, and then they tried tormenting me, and I chased him down, <laughs> scared the shit out of him, <laughs> and, um, and and but this you know it's it's what's happened to to the youth in in San Francisco. They're behaving in ways that I've never seen them behave before. And how did this how did this evolve? Because our city shut them out of the educational system, shut them out of the socialization process that they needed when mm-hmm. these fourteen or fifteen year old kids were ten or eleven. So yep. these kids are growing up as monsters. That's the problem, and of course, parents are a big part of it. Also, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of yeah. course. And, if you see um, if you see a young person who's an asshole, the odds are their parents are assholes also. You, you, yeah, that's, that's, there's a very good chance that that is, that's the case. And, but the fact that they got made to even bigger assholes and, 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 uh, and um, enabled their sociopathy um, by, by what happened in our school systems in, in blue, blue cities and blue states all across this country. I mean, there's, there's never any surprise that that was going, what was going to happen. You take kids out of it. I mean, that's one of the major functions um, of a school is it's a place for, for kids to be to socialize and be socialized. And, and by socialize, they mean what is acceptable and what is not acceptable behavior. Give them a place to belong. If you take away their place to belong, if you take away this this um, this structure that is teaching what is incent- what what is acceptable, and what is not acceptable behavior. 
th- this is what happens. This is the predictable events. These are the type of predictable events that are going to happen. Is this type of stuff? And and I mean, I see it. I see it regularly uh, in, in the streets of San Francisco. Uh, the behavior of, of kids that age nowadays. It's it's really. Mike, it's really, it's really shocking. Mike wants to know the race. What was their race? Oh, they're both white kids. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's it 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 works. You know, it's not just look. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that there are plenty, plenty of very spoiled white kids in the city. <laughs> it's it's a bit, you know, plenty of the crime is 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 from you know from blacks and black on black and all that as well. But but there are plenty of very spoiled white kids and also. Uh, this is not obviously a scientific uh, study, but most of the nut, m- most of the nut jobs, the psychologically fucked up people, the people with schizophrenia in the city are white. But of course, the, the black population is so low here. But still, but still, it's, they're mostly white people. That, that's my experience. The well, guy that one, attacked me was a middle aged white guy. Yeah, yeah. So. One, one, one out of 100 people is schizophrenic. One percent of our population is going to develop schizophrenia, um, usually at age 21. It's, it's like clockwork, amazing, amazing disease. And so it's, it's, it's no surprise that most of them are going to be white because that's what most of our population is. Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, you say one percent of the 1%. population is schizophrenic? Yeah, yeah. Think about how big your high school is. Well, wait, that's a general number. That's an overall number in San Francisco. It's got to be considerably higher. It's well, be- well, it attra- it's because San Francisco attracts them from out of the city. Right, right, yeah. Exactly. But what I'm saying, yeah, what I'm saying, yeah, overall in the in the in human beings, one uh, percent of human beings are um, are schizophrenic, or or I, I should say. Uh, suffer a, a schizophrenic, they're schizophrenic, and they suffer their first schizophrenic break somewhere around age 21. So for for, for, for less than 21-year-olds, that, that 1% doesn't apply. It's it's amazing. 21-year-old, they, they start acting goofy, you know, maybe around 18 or so, and no one can kind of put a finger on it. Then they have their first psychotic break, um, big fulminant psychotic break around 21 or so, and it, it's just shocking. Um, I, so I, once, I once you're 50 and you're not schizophrenic, you're pretty much out of the woods, right? Once you're 50? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very, very, well, once you're past, you know, like 23 or 24. All right. I mean, I'm asking, I'm asking for a friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah it, it, is, it is such a, I mean, there are cases of people developing psychoses of various types. Um, you know, at, at any age, you know, manic depressives, they have, when they're in their mania, mania state, they, they yeah. have psychosis. But um, to be schizophrenic, it's very, very rare to see it um, develop at any point um, beyond early 20s. Yeah. Isn't that also the case for like Tourette's syndrome? Um, that, I'm not sure if there is a, a peak in age, in age for Tourette's syndrome or I not. I thought there was. I thought I'd, I'd heard there, that. There, there may be. I'm, I'm just not yeah. sure. You might know more about that than I do. So basically, if I'm, if I, if I'm seeing someone who's if – you're, if you're looking at someone who's like 50, 60 years old and they've got schizophrenia, they've probably been that way for a few decades, huh? Yeah, since, since their early, early 20s. Jesus. Um, the Incredible. Good, thing about, good thing about aging or schizophrenia is people, people are um, – are slightly it's it's slightly less of a problem or they are that and it may be an adaptive 
yeah. or the or their psychoses may just be ameliorated with age to some degree. But age is generally um, schizophrenic friends, but it, it's a slow process where they kind of slowly get better. But I mean, it's 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 not like that they're ever. It's not like they're ever rid of their schizophrenia. It's just that it, it either becomes more manageable or just you know the the delusions and hallucinations just aren't quite so bothersome to them anymore. Right. What, what's your before we go? What's your uh, opinion on the Trump stuff? I think I know what it is, but just tell everyone else. You, well, you know, it, it, with me, it's a complicated story because you know I, I was a Democrat up until for forty eight years of my life up until uh, to July of two thousand, and I said, "Fuck this party! If they're going to abandon the truth, I'm going to abandon them." That was mm. COVID, um, and so prior to that, you know, for. Uh, sake of politics only. I would, you know, I knew, you know, I knew the 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 uh, hunter laptop stuff being Russia disinformation was a a crock, but nevertheless, I would go along with it and parrot it, you mm-hmm. know, just because uh, Trump was my political enemy, and uh, and you know, so I went along with a whole lot of this stuff, and and you know, talking to people about you know, oh, just just wait until they get his taxes, you know, they're going to yeah. uncover they're going to uncover a whole bunch of nasty stuff, and they're uncovered that he's not as wealthy as as he as he says he is. Um, so I would went along with a lot of that stuff, and I'm 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 ashamed of it actually. Um, for for just, but it was just you know I, I knew it was bullshit, but I was going mm-hmm. along with it because it was the political rhetoric of the day, and it's kind of how you gain political points when you're having political arguments. Right. Um, but it was something. It wasn't something that I believed. Um, but I am I'm ashamed, and and, and willing to admit that I'm ashamed of ever having gone along with that sort of political rhetoric, mm-hmm. because now because because it caused all kinds of problems over the last three years. It amplified um, people's response to COVID, et cetera. So when you ask me how do I how do I feel about what's what's happening to Trump right now, it just kind of seems more the same. And and I'm so sorry that I gave any any um, outward. Uh, indication of credence to to the bullshit of the last few years, he, you know whether whether you could technically qualify him paying Stormy Daniels one hundred and thirty thousand one hundred thirty thousand to keep her mouth shut as some sort of uh, election uh, violation. I really, 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 really doubt it. But but even if you even if you could by some stretch of the imagination do that. You know, it's like, let it go, for God's sakes. You've lost it. every one of these other schemes that you've tried to get them on. It looks pathetic at this yeah. point. Well, and the thing is, I think most people, bottom line on this whole story, is that once most people in this country, forget about the people on the left with TDS, doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, if you know, if Trump had, if Trump had like, taken a piece of gum and put it under a table, they'd want him indicted for it. <laughs> but... <laughs> But but once most people in this country, like with the like with the Bill Clinton stuff, start hearing this is about like a stripper, a, a, a porn star, they're really going to tune out. They're going to just say this is total garbage. That a, 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 this is over a a a porn star named Stormy Daniels. Most people are going to think it's just total bullshit. They'd be right about that. So I think I think Democrats are as usual overplaying their hands because of the Trump derangement syndrome and their need, Alvin Bragg's need to score brownie points with his party. You know, it's amazing that, that Trump still controls them. I mean, we've been saying this all along. If, if, if Trump would have said that COVID was, uh, was you know, a, an extinction level event, 
the Democrats would have said, oh, take off the stupid freaking mask and, and for God's sakes, don't get this experimental vaccine. But all Trump had to do was was try to minimize, and rightfully so, the the COVID um, uh, hysteria, and 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 you got the total reverse. It, 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 all, all Trump has, Trump still controls these people's minds. He he, they can't get him out of his out of their head, and I don't think Trump wants wants to be out of their head. He's in there and he's controlling everything that's going on in there. All he has to do is say go up, and they go down. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's once again, it's it's a shame in a way because this is going to dominate the news, isn't it? Once he's indicted, it's really going to dominate the news yeah. at a time when we should really start talking about the election. But yeah, if if he's we'll if he's indicted, it's still it's still an if. Um, yeah, but you know, and, it's and, not going to be a shock. I mean, once again, most of the legal experts I, I've listened to say it's it's it will happen. It might not happen today or tomorrow, but it's going to happen. So it's well, there's uh, such a large there's such a large political component to this that the, yeah. the, um, any any legal experts might not have the right kind of knowledge. Right. Yeah. Daniel, thanks for the call. OK, I appreciate it. Have a good night. Yeah. Now, uh, tomorrow, there's, I knew that the Trump thing was going to dominate today. Um, then again, it didn't have to, but I made it. That's uh, interesting. I need to think about that. But but anyway, um, I want you to remind me because there are a few things I want to talk about tomorrow. Very important. Well, not really that important, but I want to talk about them anyway. And it has to do with the, of course, the Bay Area, the San Jose Sharks. They did this. They went they went totally wacko over the weekend. They had their usual everyone is welcome in hockey night. LGBTQ plus AZ one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten night. And uh, one of the players, James Reimer, who's a goaltender, didn't want to wear the gay jersey, the, the gay pride jersey, which, by the way, was an abomination. I don't think any any gay person uh, would wear that. I mean, it was just it was a fashion statement disaster. If you look at the logo that they had, <laughs> but he didn't want to wear the jersey because he considered himself a Christian. And he put out this wonderful statement. About you shouldn't have to put out a you shouldn't have to put out a statement because you don't want to wear a fucking jersey. But anyway, in this day and age, of course, in this woke day and age, especially in the NHL and sports, remember sports was one of the major reasons why we all got fucked during COVID because sports locked down right away and everyone else followed. And sports did the vaccine mandates and the vaccine passports and all that nonsense. So sports led the way for the woke bullshit COVID policies that destroyed society. No one should ever forget that, and that's not talked about enough. But so the NHL, um, who was one of the leaders in COVID misinformation, uh, also has now become so woke that when they have these LGBTQ plus AZ, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine nights, and a player decides that they don't want to wear the jersey, it's a big deal. So Reimer had to put out this statement. And it was a great statement. And it was like, you know, I'm a Christian and these are my beliefs. I, I follow the Bible. I don't hate anybody. I welcome anybody. I'm so glad they come to the games. I have no problem with someone's guy. I just don't want to wear the fucking jersey, basically. He didn't even curse. It was a great statement. And, of course, they jumped on him as being, you know, a bigot and anti-Jesus and anti because Jesus is all for, you know, uh, these marketing. First of all, these jerseys, by the way, whether it's LGBTQ night or women in sports night or cats are more important than dogs night or whatever the fuck it is, it's all to make money. They sell those jerseys. And for those of you who aren't hockey fans, the San Jose Sharks are having a record horrible year. 
uh, an arena, which I've been to several times, which is usually full, has been three quarters, half to three quarters empty all season long. So obviously it was a way to get people into the stands and to sell jerseys. I don't know who would buy this abomination of a, of a design jersey, but some people will. And so it was a way to make money. I don't see anywhere in the Bible of Jesus saying that if someone decides not to take part in a multi-million dollar marketing campaign, that there's something wrong with that, that the person's committing a sin. So this is all total bullshit, okay? If you want to wear the jersey, wear it. If you don't want to wear it, don't wear it. And that could be for anything. That could be for gay night, women's night, dog's night, Ukraine night, whatever it may be, whatever virtue signaling they want to do. And, of course, this is mostly about money and virtue signaling. It's a, it's a toxic combination of marketing and virtue signaling that they go crazy off of. The, and I, I'm going to read some of the things the San Jose Sharks put out. Their Twitter account was insane, insane with wokeness. I believe it was Saturday. And I'll go over that tomorrow. I also want to talk about the, a, a detransition de teen who is suing Kaiser Permanente for performing a double mastectomy on her when she was 13. 13. So there's a lawsuit going on there. Um, and also, Gavin Newsom is now under pressure to take executive action and act like a dictator, which is not a problem for him. He did it for three years on reparations if the legislature doesn't act. And of course, just like with the student loan, it'll be taken to court and they'll lose. But I'll, we'll talk more about that. There's a lot of other stuff I wanted to get to, but Trump dominated. I think that's the way he likes it. Um, okay. It was a great show. I want to thank Daniel for calling. And who else called? Bill. There are two Bills listening. Only one called, but that's okay um, because Bill's not schizophrenic. So he just called once. Uh, and, of course, uh who called the beginning? Who was that? Karthik called the beginning. And Lance, as usual, called and yelled at me for a while. Um, it's always my daily dose of Lance yelling is always. Anyway, okay, so that was a great show. That's a great show. And Mike says, fucking woke bastards. I'm going to end on that note. The name of this show is, and let's be heard, and it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific. Uh, 2 a.m. Eastern time, which means I'll be right back here tomorrow night for another fun-filled show. But until then, this is Mike Chopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>